Parenting has been described as treading water and then being handed some cats. <laughs> it's not easy. And there is so much that children need to learn. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a list to go off of? Hey, welcome to the Creation Today Show, guys. My name is Eric Hovind, and we're just a community of people learning together each week so that we can be all that God has called us to be. And our goal is pretty simple. We just want to turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones on your journey to know Christ more. Uh, a few months ago, we hosted Dr. Glenn Schultz on the Creation Today Show, and I got to tell you, it was a powerful conversation that showed us all the education your children get is actually discipleship. Uh, he then asked the question, who is discipling or who is educating your children? And during the show, he mentioned one of his top recommended resources for parents. It was a book entitled 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. We ordered that book right away and it is every bit as good as Dr. Schultz said. So we've invited the author on the show today to help you and I do a little bit of planning. Now, if you've never met uh, uh, Dr. Schultz, uh, or excuse me, not uh, Dr. Glenn, but Dr. Josh, Dr. Mulvihill, or, or you've never read one of his many books, he is the executive director of Church and Family Ministry at Renew a Nation. He has served as a pastor for nearly 20 years, and he's the author and editor or editor of many different books on parenting, including Biblical Grandparenting, I can't wait for that one, Preparing Children for Marriage and Biblical Worldview, another one of his books. He and his wife, Jen, have five children. And uh, I got to tell you, you're going to love the wisdom that you gain from this conversation. It, it doesn't matter if you're the aunt or the uncle uh, or the grandparents, or a cousin, or the next door neighbor, or maybe you're the actual parent. We all need to know what this list of things is and what children need to know before they leave home. So get your pen, get your paper, and get ready to take some notes. Dr. Mulvihill, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you being here. How you doing? Howdy, doing good. Great to Wonderful. Join you. Man, I'm so glad you're here. I got my first question ready and teed up here. Is it true that parenthood is a journey traveling from room to room, putting away the same toys all day long? Is that, is that really what this is? Yeah, and shutting off the lights as you go. <laughs> That's exactly. Turn off the lights. How many times do we say that? Uh, it's also been described as all you need to know about parenting is how to say go to bed between 8 and 9 o'clock about 150 times. And if you can do that, you're 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 going to be an okay parent. We have uh, uh, our kids. Our main our bedrooms on the main floor. Our kids are all on the upstairs. And three o'clock, two nights ago, my wife was like, "I think what's going on." She went upstairs, and the radios of all of our children were on. <laughs> they were listening to I don't know hockey or basketball games. and fell asleep, and there you go. That's awesome. Oh, the joy of parenthood. Well, we only get to do this once, so we better get this right. And there is, I mean, your, your book really, you, you put an incredible amount of thought and wisdom, and I'm sure you've gleaned from a lot of people. 
this is a phenomenal resource. Um, as we jump in, I, I want to ask those of you on social media, if you're joining me on YouTube uh, or you're right here, one of our partners, thank you guys for hanging out with us. I really appreciate that. we got a bunch of you on here. So uh, Darren and Gary and Jordan and uh, Masaki, how you doing? Uh, PK, good to see you on here. William, good to see you on here. Hey, here's what I want to know. I want to know, can you name some of the things that you wish your parents would have taught you before you left home? I'm really curious. I want to read those in the chat, okay? So uh, YouTube, Facebook, throw that in the chat. What do you wish your parents would have taught you before leaving home? I'm curious if if Dr. Mulvihill covers those in his book, okay? So we're going to see here in just a minute. Um, okay, Doc, I, I got to tell you, with this kind of resource, I got to start by asking, um, how are parents doing in general? What are the stats out there? How how are our kids turning out? What's going on? Well, they're pretty depressing if we look at the research, um, which is, you know, it's um, it's pretty sobering for us as parents with younger ch kids and teenagers. You know, I've read studies that's anywhere from like 60 to 80% of kids walk away from their faith um, and or walk away from the church. Some come back, some don't. Um, and I do a lot of work with grandparents, uh, Christian grandparents, and when I speak to a room of Christian grandparents, I'll often ask them, how many of you in here have at least one prodigal child? And I don't think I've ever had a room of grandparents under 50%. Uh, and that's pretty sobering, you know, as a, I'm a dad of five kids, our oldest is uh, 16, and our youngest is seven. And, um, you know, I, you do the math in your head and you, you look at your own kids and it, it drives us to our knees as parents yeah. to pray. God draws them all to him. And ultimately, you know, salvation's the work of the Lord. And we're the gardener, you know, we tend the garden and we cultivate, do our best to uh, point them to Christ. Um, but I think there are things that we can do as parents to, you know, that either hurt or, or help that effort in the long run. And, um, you know, I don't know about our listeners on here. I'm sure some grew up with a great experiences, great parents, and some grew up not with a great model and are trying to figure out what does this look like? Uh, you know, thankfully God in his word, uh, his, I, you know, I believe the Bible's sufficient for all of those things. And, um, that we need as parents. And I don't think that it, this should drive us to fear, um, you know, I, I threw out those statistics, but it, I think it should be a wake-up call for us as parents that we can't just hope our parent, our kids love Jesus by osmosis. Uh, there is some things that God's called us to as parents, you know, raise your children in the instruction and admonition of the Lord, and we need to take that seriously. We need to do what God's called us to, and uh, hopefully, you know, the Lord uh, takes our uh, our successes and our failures and redeems our failures uh, and uses our successes. And I'll tell you, you know, I think, you know, all of us struggle at times as parents. Um, one of the most, I think, helpful things for me as a child when my parents were um, not all they could or should be, um, and that's true for each of us, um, is simply when they were just open and honest and they confessed their sin to us as kids man wow. that is powerful wow. because that shows us as kids they take their faith seriously to the point where um you know they uh, you know they own up to stuff and and that real kind of faith i think is really attractive to children when we you know um my sometimes my challenge is anger and patience and so when i 
blow a lid and I blow it with my kids and come back to him and say, you know, I shouldn't have talked to you like that. Um, it was wrong of me to act like this. You forgive me. Um, that, you know, that, uh, that I hope God uses those kinds of things in our weaknesses and in our strengths to really drive our kids to him. You know, we're getting a lot of comments on social media of things that they wish their parents would have taught them. And, and from, from the uh, partners here with us, guys, this, this is good stuff. And I, I happen to have gone through the book, so I know most of this stuff is actually covered. Doug said, basic life skills, how to cook and do laundry. Oh, Doug, I'm sorry, man. That's, that's in here. Kay says, um, how to stay motivated to study God's word. Jamie says, I wish they would have told me that I didn't need to rush into things. I got my whole life to figure things out. Don't be in too much of a hurry. Mandy says, I wish my parents would have told me that it was okay to speak up. I was okay to ask for help. Uh, PK says, empowerment to say no. Uh, financial education with regards to, uh, uh, with regards to faith. Um, I wish they would have been more spiritual and less religious because I was a prodigal child and so many more comments that you guys are putting in of things. Yeah. You, you wish your parents would have done something different. I heard this proverb. I think it's a, like a Chinese proverb. You don't tell a parent by their children. You tell a parent by their grandchildren. Um, Josh, I'm curious what, what did people, what did your parents or your grandparents do that helped you develop into the person that you are today? not only trying to implement these things, but trying to help others implement these things as well. Yeah. My parents became Christians in college, so they were learning on the fly. Um, <laughs> I was their, you know, I was their guinea pig. Uh, yeah. all are to some degree. I'm the oldest of four. Um, but, um, you know, my, I think it, one experience summarizes their parenting really well. Um, so I was 17 years old in between my junior and senior year of high school, and my parents invited me to go out to breakfast with them, and um, we, we were full-time missionaries, uh, 37 years there with Crusade, so we, you know, we just didn't go out to eat a ton, so this was a pretty special thing, and, uh, and it was alone with my parents, which again, with four kids, you, you just didn't do that a ton. They didn't really give me a reason. Um, so I remember thinking, oh man, am I in trouble? What's going on? Um, but you know, that wasn't the reality. Uh, we got out to breakfast and they, they slid a piece of paper across the table to me, just a single sheet of paper. And on that, it was a pretty well-worn piece of paper with all of the things that they uh, prioritized and valued as parents that they had been working on helping us grow into um, a young adult to launch us into uh, into adulthood. And um, they had created this list and kind of fine-tuned it over the years. I had, I'd never seen it, um, but on that list were check marks uh, and dates from times that they had been working on things. And so this essentially was them asking me to assess their parenting uh they you know they said to me they said we got about nine months before you leave for college and we just want to put the finishing touches on our time with you and want to get your perspective on how things have gone and so i remember looking at the list and you know some of the things that you had mentioned from others were on there the bible study skills spiritual habits uh character traits uh, but also things around the home, um, like cooking and laundry and 
Um, I remember my dad had on their small engine repair, which I told them was a lost cause. They, they crossed it off. I'm still, not, I'm still not good at that mechanical kinds of stuff. Um, but, you know, I remember when we spent some time, my parents spent some time intentionally teaching us about manners and how to look somebody in the eye and to shake a hand and to have a conversation um, and, you know, just there, it was full of those kinds of things, some that we uh, tend to value highly in the Christian world and some that are uh, extras that may not get touched on. And, um, and you know, and that was my experience growing up. Um, you know, there's, I hesitate sometimes to put lists like this in front of people um, because it does a couple of things. Um, one, it sounds like a formula and I very much dislike formulas, especially when it comes to parenting, grandparenting, you know, mm -hmm. the, the seven secrets of like, ah, gag me, um, you know, that we don't have determinism with our kids. Um, but I think this becomes helpful as a, you know, like a, a guidebook for people that they can customize, that they can, um, they can make it fit for their kids. Um, you know, some of what my parents had on their list, they're not biblical imperatives. They're not commands from scripture. So I think that those are free to come and go as a, as a parent would want. Um, and uh, some are commands from scripture and then those are, those are non-negotiables. But, um, but I think in general, it, it helps as a guide for people to become very intentional in their parenting. And that's one of the things I, that I saw as a pastor is that a lot of parents, um, myself included at times, you kind of get into the grind of life. Um, you know, there's other demands on us, obviously, outside of parenting. And it's easy to kind of slip into a pattern or to priorities that don't get us to the end goal that we really all want and hope for with our kids in loving and following Christ. And so this really kind of helps us uh, become intentional and really to refocus our energies in some of these areas. Amanda goes, wow, what a thing to do. Have your kids grade you. And I got to tell you, there are seasons of life where I would not want my kids grading me, but there are other seasons where I'm like, no, this is powerful. I mean, my, my, I got one daughter about to get married. My second daughter is graduating here in a few days. My, my son is, you know, going into 10th grade. So I'm going, wow, what a thing to do. And to actually have this and to give you the list and say, here's what we've been working on. Um, that's, that's powerful. Is this, are you doing something similar with your children? Is that kind of what, what birthed your book? Yeah, my wife and I used to get away uh, once a year in uh, in February. That's just what worked for us in my ministry pastoral um, kind of pattern. And we'd get away for a weekend and we, you know, early on, we kind of created our own list. And then every year we get away. And, um, and what I encourage parents to do is simply to focus on one or two things per child. So you know, what, what we do with our five kids is we say, okay, Jay, our oldest, he's, you know, he's almost 16. What are we working on with Jay this year, this next six months? And uh, our Asher, our 13 year old, Kate, our 11, John, our almost 10, and Emily, our, five, our seven year old. And of course, they're all different, um, but it helps us um, just really to weave that into life. Um, it's the Deuteronomy 6 
opportunities that come daily. And we, when we have this kind of already identified and in the back of our head, um, then it becomes real helpful. So, um, so our 11-year-old daughter, we're working on biblical womanhood stuff with our 16-year-old. He's learning to drive right now. Um, and he is, uh, we're talking a lot about dating with our 13 and 16-year-old uh, sons and um, doing a lot of apologetics kinds of stuff with our 16-year-old. Our seven-year-old, we're doing a lot with Bible memory and um, kind of your core doctrines of faith, which I think are, that's critical in those early years. Uh, you know, they, worldview statistics tell you that pretty much what you believe by the age of 13 yeah. is really what shapes you for the rest of your life as an adult. So we take those early years really, really critically. Um, and we, you know, I could go through some of the other stuff, but, um, you know, those are our 13 year old. We're doing a lot with, um, uh, you know, just caring for his own body. And, uh, you know, 13 year old boys, don't tend, <laughs> it smells like teen spirit in that bedroom right now. So uh, that is awesome. Yeah, my, my, those, yeah go ahead. I, Eric, sorry. I was just gonna say my administrator, Amanda said, um, she said, we, we had girls in college that would actually send care packages to boys whose parents did not teach them that kind of thing. And they would literally send deodorant and stuff like that to the kids in their own classroom as kind of a hint, like, hello, you need to work on this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that what we have 50 things, we've built it around 10 kind of key areas. And what it's helpful for, I think, is more of a reference guide for parents. You're not having to start from a blank slate. You can just kind of look at it and go, okay, this is real helpful from a big picture. You know, throw out what doesn't work for you or add something that might not be on there. Then um, the back of that book that you have there, Eric, there's a, a whole section that I think is just worth the book itself. Uh, it's There's pages and pages of guiding questions. I call yes. it a, a DIY um, getaway for uh, a parent or a couple, whether you're a single parent or a couple, um, you know, and it just helps generate some um, thinking, some planning, some assessment, which we do need to think about from time to time as parents. Are we on the right track? Are our are our priorities really reflecting in how we spend our time, what we talk about with our kids, what they're exposed to? Uh, do they really reflect what we are seeing in scripture that helps us get to that end goal? Uh, as a pastor, I'd often have parents that would come to me in the eighth, ninth, 10th grade range and say, yeah, things aren't going good. Like um, we've got a big problem with our child right now. And usually it was the result of, you know, it's, it's many years of choices that then finally blossom and manifest. And so I'd say, don't wait, like, don't wait till it gets to that point. You know, we want to be thinking today, you could start to see the, the warning signs when things are starting to go awry. And I'd say, pay attention to some of those. And if there are issues, we need to start making some changes to get things back on the right track or things maybe generally just are going well, but um, don't get too complacent that things are going good. Continue. We want to continue to say, all right, I'm going to, you know, there's a battle for the heart and minds of our kids happening in our culture right now. And, um, and, and really we need to be the most aggressive, assertive, intentional uh in it because if we're not other people are having those conversations with our kids you know in media in education depending on where your kids go to school and 
and and else or even their peers. And so I say, don't take it for granted that your kids are doing well and that they'll always do well. So let's let's act as if we're still continuing to fight for their heart and mind. And um, so I guess you know I just say to parents today, what's the one or two things over the next six to twelve months that you say? Each child, this is what God has for us to help them grow up into a, a godly, mature young adult. And, um, and if you do that a little bit over the course of time, um, it's, man, it's amazing how that begins to make a huge impact. Um, and, you know, whether you have one of the things I often get that often gets said to me, especially from parents of teens that are hearing this is, oh, my goodness, like. I haven't been in, as intentional as I should. I feel like uh, there's a sense of urgency. And I would say, you know, just hit the pause button. You know, I, I'll have a junior next year. Um, if this is like a new thing for, for this age range, two years is still a lot of time. I mean, that like you can do a lot and just compact your, you know, what do you need? What's the six or eight most important things in the next two years? And uh, just be intentional to hit those and you can do that well. And, you know, parenting doesn't end at 18. So you still have, it changes, obviously. So you still have the opportunity to speak into a child's young adult's life as they, you know, move into a different phase. Um, so don't feel like, oh my goodness, you know, that's the end point. It really isn't. It just, it just it's different. And so, um, so I'd say, don't feel like, man, I just missed it entirely. I'm, it's not worth even at this point. Um, Getting doing... your book is not too late. That's for sure. I was, uh, I was raised by educators. Uh, my mom and dad were educators. And while I don't think I appreciated the value of what I was getting at the time, I mean, my mom and dad were awesome parents. I mean, they were always teaching Kent and Marlissa and I to grow in all four areas of life. I actually drew this out as I was thinking about today's show. I cannot tell you how many times my dad would draw on a napkin a little four-quadrant diagram, and he would quote Luke 2.52. Boy, you know, Kent, Marlissa, Eric, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. And his napkin would look just like this. And then he would he would give us a lesson and say, hey, you need to be balanced in life. Don't, you know, some people do all physical, but boy, they neglect the spiritual, they neglect the social, and you can't neglect other areas of life. You really need to be balanced and you got to grow in all four areas. And I feel like I, what, what I got in the mail when we ordered this was a really big napkin diagram for parents to use so that you really can think through these things and go, okay, what do they really need before they leave home? And how do you help them grow balanced? How do you help them have a balanced life? And so that's what I really appreciated. And the fact that you start with your foundation is scripture and apologetics. I went, okay, this is hands down a foundational book that, that I know is good, going to be good for me. And I've only got a few years left uh, with Jordan and, you know, Angie just turned 18. Stephanie's getting married. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to in a couple of years being a grandparent, Lord willing, and trying to continue to, uh, to implement this. I've got nieces and, and nieces and nephews that I can talk to. And, and so I'm, I'm really appreciative of this. I, I want, we, we've only got a few minutes left with social media. Can you can you go through kind of some of your big picture stuff and then maybe with our Creation Today partners after social media is gone, we can actually get through some of these things on the list. Would that be okay? Sure. Yeah, actually, I don't, 
I have the book behind me here, but could you read the 10, uh, the 10 big categories? Uh, that's maybe yep. a little more manageable than all 50. Each of these 10 categories have five things in them and they could have more. So you gotta um, have a, sorry, you gotta have a firm foundation, a Christ-like character development, a biblical belief and worldview, spiritual growth. You gotta have life skills, relationship skills, work and money management, home management, personal care and education essentials. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you think of those 10 buckets and you think, okay, kind of where is, you know, at different ages and stages, different ones of those pop up. Um, so, you know, for parents with younger kids, th those firm foundation years are critical. That doesn't leave when you get older, but, you know, especially uh, obedience, you know, those kinds of things would fall in there. Um, you know, we want um, them all to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, one of the shocking things I did um, PhD in family ministry, and I would ask families how many of them had verbally shared the gospel with their kids. And the number was actually surprisingly low wow. because many of them said, you know, my, my church is doing that. My Christian school is doing that. Um, so these are, you know, I don't want to take for granted that these are happening in all homes and in all places. Uh, and so it's something, it could be as simple as, man, we need to revisit the gospel with our kids. Um, you know, I even had a, a mother that I read about, she was doing all the, the 50 things kind of stuff where from the outside looking in like, wow, impressive, but she neglected it was, it's about, you know, it's about heart change. This isn't about checking off the list. At the end of the day, if our kids don't come to faith in Christ, which again is God's work, then all of that stuff really doesn't even matter. I mean, they can be the most amazing human being, but if they're far from Christ. So, I mean, those are the, those kinds of things are in the firm foundations category. Um, Christ-like character, man, all you need to do is spend five seconds on social media and realized our, if, if our kids grow up to be, to have, to embody the fruit of the spirit, wow, in this day and age that we're living in. And that, again, I don't want to take for granted because there's so many Christians that are just, they're curmudgeons and they're not loving and they're, you know, we, it's one thing to speak the truth and, but it's another thing to speak it in love and to have embody and, um, and we, you know, we want that for our kids. Um, anyways, we can go through those 10 in depth, but that just helps us be thinking through as parents. Um, what, you know, are we missing areas or, or some, I think would look at this maybe and go, this is real encouraging because it's, it's affirming that we are on the right kind of path. We are thinking holistically and broadly and that, you know, we're not going to launch our kids into the world and realize, oh man, um, you know, my, my wife and I speak on this together and she shares some of the areas that her parents didn't train her on uh, sometimes, which is interesting. Um, she got the core stuff, but a lot of the home management, life skills, um, kinds of things, even money management were things that um, we had to work on and learn uh, later in, in life. And, um, you know, I, I, we want to give all of our kids the greatest chance to, to succeed. So this will maybe help with that. March mentioned on social media, financial stability was a big thing. Tony mentioned, you know, how to forgive and not harbor any bitterness. Um, so Brian mentioned, you know, the gospel and the Bible, what you're talking about right now, you're right. There's 
there's so much. Brian also wonders, and maybe I should save this after social media is gone, but um, what is having the biggest impact or the biggest negative impact on children right now? What do, do you guys have a thought on that? What is, I mean, because I think it's so, you know, social media and the culture and the, I mean, you have an, a, do you have a, an opinion on that? Let me summarize it. I don't think it's just one thing, but I, I would summarize it with a handful. Um, parents abdicating their role and not discipling their kids, mm. grandparents who don't understand their biblical role and are primarily the fun people spoiling their grandkids um, and aren't influencing for Christ, parents who put their kids in secular education and they get 16,000 hours of, um, you know, either atheistic teaching or um, at some time, you know, we can see what's happening in education that's powerful, um, or churches that are attractional entertainment based and are not, um, they give them little nuggets of the truth, but aren't really hitting uh, meaty discipleship um, that's happening. And so I think any and all of those, I could, you could add to that, um, the impact of media and um allowing our kids to consume things that are just shaping their hearts and minds uh, away from Christ. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if we all run those quick through a grid of our own kids and think what are, you know, I think for us as parents, it's putting the right kind of influences and minimizing or being a lot more careful with the, um, the other influences. We could talk about that with the group next about how um, how we do that when they're younger and then uh, kind of broaden that and, and allow them to have some exposure to certain things strategically as they get older. Um, but, uh, but I think all those five that I've seen as a pastor contribute to that in some way, shape or form. Well, I think that's a great idea. Let's do that. Uh, social media, uh, YouTube, Facebook, our uh, partners uh, out there on uh, uh, podcasts. That's what I meant to say, our podcast listeners. And to those of you watching the television show, thank you guys for joining me for this Kind of a condensed uh, understanding of why it's so important to have a plan. If you if you don't plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's that's the phrase. And it really is important to have a plan in your parenting. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, so I got to let you guys go, but I want to let you know you really ought to get uh, uh, Dr. Josh's book, Fifty Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. Matter of fact, all of his books uh, are good. I've read this one and I've looked through this one, Biblical Worldview. Uh, you get these at renewanation.org. Is that the best place to get these resources? Yes, it is. So renewanation.org, please go check them out. Do you guys have an email list or anything right there that they can sign up for and get on? Is that yes, part of what you do? Can. We have uh, we have a magazine you can get for $3. It's fantastic. You can order them for your church or school for free. I uh, just pay shipping and tons of other resources for churches, homes, and schools. So check yeah, it out. I love it. You're a ministry that just wants to help other people grow. That's that's who we are. So similar heartbeat. I love that. Hey, go to renewanation.org, renewanation.org. Get a hold of those resources and become a better parent uh, or grandparent or aunt or uncle or cousin or neighbor, whatever that is, okay? Uh, let's help raise up this next generation to love God and see what life is really all about. Hey, next week, going to have a great conversation for you. 
I just want to go through the Bible and go through science and ask the question, was it really a global flood? Was it a literal global flood? I had a conversation with Hugh Ross a few months ago, and he does not believe it was a literal global, literal global flood. And I just want to unpackage this to say, man, can we really trust what the Bible says? And is it clear in what it says? So I want to unpackage some science and some scripture next week on the global flood and why I think it's so important because the global flood destroys every single old earth belief out there. You won't believe in an old earth if you understand the truth of the global flood. So I look forward to seeing you guys next week live at noon on Wednesday. Until then, have a fantastic week. Train up your children in the way that they should go.